It's like when you go from the perspective of Katniss in the book, when mm-hmm. she's very like, I'm just here to survive and win if I can. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize that PETA could have had feelings for her. That's sometimes what relationship starts with is like only one of you is like putting in the effort and that's work. Right. So Yeah, and it wasn't Katniss, so that's why no, I was yeah. seeing it. And so we're all like, so when she's like, I'm into PETA, you're like, I guess I'm kissing PETA now. Like, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're like, because she's very much like, Do I'm doing like it him? because the cameras are here. Yeah. And like, maybe PETA deep inside was like, Katniss is kissing me. Yes. I mean, I'm sure he was. And that was pretty obvious that he loved her. And right. she was there for him. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to Fine Pairings. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. I'm a little drunk from last week's episode. <laughs> I didn't have time to drink my cocktail. Yeah. So I drank it just now. Yep. It's going to be fun. All right. Uh, so this week is Hunger Games. Oh, I have a thing for you. It's not a present because you have to get it back, but. Oh. I was like, I, don't... I do have this for you. To read. <gasps> the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yes, because I read it and I. <sighs> I have thoughts, and I want to re- you to okay, read it okay. so we can talk about our thoughts okay. together. The back says, ambition will fuel him. Yes. Competition will drive him. But power has its price. So I feel like I'm not like alone in this. When Suzanne Collins announced a prequel, everyone was like, oh my gosh, exciting. And then it was from uh, President Snow's point of view, and everyone was like, but why? And I agree. Yes. And after reading it, I still agree. And... <laughs> And I'm going to say... No spoilers, but... Yeah. And so I'll, I will read this and we mm-hmm. can discuss. Um, yes. When I was looking for... So we talked about the request was... For the, your request was for like either a prequel or something from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. As I was doing... As I was reading a bunch of Hunger Games fix, a lot of the stuff that is like prequel mm-hmm. at, and or from a different perspective is a Effie Hamish fic. And so it's like a lot of okay and sure um and I will s- honestly a Hamish prequel book sounds pretty Bet. good right and some of them are really good but I will also say since they have a tragic backstory there mm-hmm. was like a lot of non-con like mm-hmm. rape yeah that's and, fair. like some of them were not good others really hurt me like emotionally and were really good are but they then I was like canonically like. They know each other before the Hunger Games? Yeah, it's that... Well, it's because she's had the job for, like, ten years. And since he... So, like, the two of them see each other every single year at the Hunger Games. Because he's the only victor from District 12. Okay. And she's the ambassador for District 12. 12. So, like, the love story of Effie and Hamish was, like, every year we watch two kids die. Hmm. Not... Yeah. Romance. So I read a couple of those. They were very good. But then I was like, I'm not sure this is the vibe I want to bring to the podcast. <laughs> we are talking about The Hunger Games. Yeah. So so, <laughs> so instead, I read this other one that what is a different perspective. Okay. So the fic I brought for you today is called Peter Malark's Five Favorite Things to Bake. <laughs> and... Okay. Don't, you laugh now, but prepare to be emotionally wrecked. Am I going to cry for the first time on this podcast? I mean, maybe. I cried alone in my house. Oh, no. I, like, read this. We'll, like, get through <laughs> it. We have a drink. We have the two of us to get it through. Okay. Um, our off- But, yeah, I was, like, I, this is why I've I I've been waiting for this day. But, yeah, I te- that's why I texted you and Josie, our editor, to be, like, do you want to be emotional? Hey, wrecked? are you prepared? It's a it's a short fic. There will be a part that I might burst into tears. So like, see, that's why I can't bring you any uh, Shiva stuff. No, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm made of marshmallows. So this is on archive of our own. Mm-hmm. Our fic writer is Aim My Arrows High. Aim My Arrows High. Okay. Aim My Arrows. 
aim my arrows high. There we go. Which is also their Tumblr uh, profile. Uh, I did reach out to her and we've been conversing back and forth. And number one, she and her friend Glycerin Clown are actually launching their own fanfic podcast mm-hmm. called I Met You on LJ, which is live journal because that's what old they, school. So old school. So pre-Tumblr children. Love it. You used to have to make your blog on live journal. Before that, you just had to make a whole server. Right? You had to just like <laughs> go really old school. So our, our fic author goes by V Arrow or V. So I'll call her. She identifies with she, her pronouns. Cool. I'll be calling her V. She is Aim My Arrows High on Tumblr and AO3. She's Aim My Arrows High underscore on Instagram. And you can do Aim My Arrows High with an O, with a zero instead of an O on Pinterest in case you want to follow her on Pinterest. (laughs) I forgot Um, that was a thing. (laughs) And then she also wanted me to, um, uh, to promote. She is maybe our most established writer Ew. in that she has a released book Ooh. called The Pan Am Companion, where, which is available wherever books are sold. Is she allowed to do that? And <laughs> I, I guess, and Pan also Am- Audible. Whoa. So like, it's Wait, an audiobook. One second, I'm going to look at this book right now. What is it called? <laughs> the Pan Am Companion. Pan Am Companion. I looked it up and you can buy it on like Barnes & Noble. <laughs> That is wild. Right? So, like, here I am, a mere mortal, speaking to, like, a real adult with, like, a real, adult real, like, real author credits. Oh, that's awesome. But, yeah, so she and her friend are releasing their podcast September Exciting. 1st. Um, she sent me, um, like, some of their Tumblr. promo material, so I saw some of their upcoming episodes. It looks very fun. I'm definitely going to follow. Sweet. So I'm into that. Um, I also asked her if she had any ideas of what drink pairing she would want. Mm-hmm. And what she told me was that she's not a drinker, but, and as and this kind of was the similar thought I had been having when I read her fic, mm-hmm. she said she likes rose and anything citrusy, mm-hmm. but then she also said whatever Peta would pick is good with me. So, Peter's, well, I guess not rosy, but like he's a, right. he's a floral boy. So, what I have brought you today, so it is a hibiscus rose passion fruit tea Ooh. with uh, citrus and raspberries, so an orange, um, some orange juice, and then vodka. And so mm. this was, I was thinking, I wanted a real summery drink, something light, like something light and easy, and then as you'll see in our fic, then like... Um, Peta does cook things with like rose water and okay. like a lot of that citrusy light. Can we elements. just call it Peta Mullark's five favorite things to drink? <laughs> yes, Peta Mullark's five favorite things to drink: hibiscus, Ice rose tea, tea. vodka. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I haven't actually tasted it, I'm but excited. I'm excited. It looks very cute. Ooh, okay. yeah. It smells like it's I mean, very, good, but like no, it's no, no. very like it's uh, very floral smelling, <laughs> aromatic. It's is yes, the, aromatic, is the positively connotated word. Like not for like, smells. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? So I just thought it would be like light and refreshing to go with this it's heavy. Like, it's very light. thick, very similar to what I did last week. Honestly, honestly. we didn't plan that. <laughs> no, yeah, this was. Um, we're on a very like summer drinks kick. Yes. So. The summary is, Peter Malark is 96 years old and the most <laughs> beloved person in the Cole estate, which was once, a long time ago now, known as District 12. Number one, primrose dots. Oh, no. Ingredients. Three-fourths cup all-purpose flour, one-fourth cup almond meal, three ounces unsalted butter at room temperature, three-fourths cup powdered sugar sifted, one-fourth teaspoon salt, one half teaspoon pure vanilla extract, one tablespoon rose water, one large egg at room temperature, about one third cup pink powdered sugar sifted for dusting. 
This is like a like mm-hmm. an almond shortbread kind mm-hmm. of cookie. Peter Malark is 96 years old and the most beloved person in the Cole estate, which was once, a long time ago now, known as District 12. He has a strong spry gait for a man of his, of his years due to the aid of a prosthetic leg. Sometimes a child will ask him what happened to his real leg, and he nips their nose affectionately and tells them, you'll learn in school when you're older. He's kind to everyone and is always willing to listen. Perhaps, more importantly, he is the town baker. His shop is the cornerstone of what once, a long time ago now, was called The Hob. Where there used to be dust and grit and back alley deals, there is now a cheerful, round, gray brick bakery with bright yellow curtains and awnings. There are always loaves of hearty bread in the window, even though Peter Mullark is known across Pan Am for his intricate pastries. Peter Mullark believes in the old ways, in making things properly, in always thinking ahead and putting his best effort forward. It's something that people still appreciate, even though it's not life or death now. The wooden tables outside his shop are always filled with people, eating bread or little delicate cakes. Some wear elaborate styles that encroach even on old capital weirdness. Others are the Cole Estate's typical, ancient, never-ending poor. Pita serves everyone with a smile. Pita's always liked people. Not persons, of course, and he was never naive, but that was always the biggest difference between how Katniss fought and recovered from the rebellion and how Peter survived. And of course, it was how they decided to torture Pita. They made him hate people, even the person he loved best. He's better now. I hope so. Right? (laughs) The reason why the wealthy from the Technology Center and the new capital like the Malark Bakery is because it's almost quaint with its old district breads, 11 dark molasses and bran and rye in a moon shape, speckled with caraway and flax and crunch. Four, pale green and soft and sour with seaweed and buttermilk and the coarse salt of the sea. So he makes breads Mm -hmm. reminiscent of the other... Um, districts. But it's clear in the spirals of icing and swooping constructions in his fondant on his wedding cakes that Peter Mullark once observed a true master designer. Masters of Pan Am history will tell you that his name had been Cena, and he was the true hero of the rebellion, but most people never knew. The reason why the Cole Estate loves the Mullark Bakery is simple. There are very few people who live there who can still remember life before Peter Mullark's kept a basket of hundreds of primrose dots pink and dainty, on the counter for children's greedy, grateful fingers, and refused to take a single coin for them. Maybe a person can't live on cookies alone, Pete always said, but everyone deserves to have something nice sometimes in Mm -hmm. this world. Not everything needs to be about survival. He refuses to tell anyone how to make the primrose dots. All anyone knows is that they're fragrant with rose water and dusted in sugar, and they're sweet but not cloying. They're as much a part of the Cole Estate's past as the rebellion is part of Pan Am, but almost no one left alive knows that they're named for a girl who, in her own sweet and simple way, started it all. Pita keeps the basket low enough for all the children to reach, and they can take as many as they want, because thanks to Primrose and Cena and Katniss and Pita Malark of Malark Bakery, they will never have to put their names into the drawing for the Hunger Games. Recipe two! It's just gonna get worse! Oh yeah! Ah! If you thought this was bad, I was like, all right, we're just, already getting in deep with the permits. We're not to the part that's going to make me choke up. Damn it. Pan au chocolat, which is like... Um, chocolate croissant. Yep. They're very good. I like them. Right? Ingredients. Three tablespoons unsalted butter. Scant one-fourth cup, one ounce, loosely packed fresh compressed yeast. Generous half a cup cold water. Three and one-third cups bread flour, plus extra if needed. Two teaspoons salt. One third cup granulated sugar, generous half cup whole milk. I always hate in recipes when they're like a generous cup and you're of like a liquid. Have a liquid and you're like I can't heap so just this. Like splosh a little in there. Yeah, like I can't heap this. 
one cup plus two tablespoons unsalted butter at room temperature, 10 ounces bittersweet chocolate, chopped. A man with gold-rimmed eyes discussed these ones with Pita a very long time ago, before everything, really, just as it was all beginning, before fire, before berries, raspberries, no, they're red berries, but like, I thought that was important for the drink. Yeah, I get it. Uh, before there was a Mockingjay. Do you like anything about the capital? He asked, kind as he took Pita's measurements. He had been a stocky boy back then, lots of upper arm from carrying flour. This morning they gave us hot chocolate, Pita had said, simple in his likes and dislikes and knowing exactly who he was back then. It was too much to drink it, but it was wonderful on bread. <laughs> oh, because, okay. <laughs> it's like a Spanish, like, dip Yeah, you, where you dip it. Uh, he blushed then, nandering on about bread to his just will. Just imagine someone, like, pouring on, like, regular hot chocolate on bread. Just like a slice of bread. Like, just some Wonder Bread. Yep. <laughs> just, <laughs> so, like, burn your hand. And you're like, wow, this is a mess. How uncultured you would look. <laughs> he blushed then, nandering on about bread to this willowy capital bread designer who had been stuck with pitiful District 12. Not so pitiful Wait, with... Wait, isn't it actually a bread designer? No, he's just a designer designer. That's what I thought. And so I think it's, uh, I think when PETA talks about him being inspired, I think he's just talking about the like, shapes and like, colors. Yeah, just okay, like the gotcha, concepts, gotcha, gotcha. not like Cinna was like, like here's how you make bread. Maybe <laughs> maybe he came from like a right? designing background. Yeah. I don't know, but I was pretty sure he was just into clothes. Right? Not so pitiful with Katniss though, maybe. But Cinna had just smiled and circled the measuring tape around PETA's head, measuring for a headdress. There used to be bread with pieces of chocolate in it. I forget what it was called, but it was from... It was in a language that doesn't exist anymore. French. I mean, yeah. I mean. Like, I know that this is supposed to be the future of America. It's like mildly alluded to. Right? It's like, it was, I honestly, because. It was a little more ham-fisted in this book. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, was going to say, in Hunger Games, it was only later when I was like on the internet when they were like, it's America. And I was like, what? Ah. That's not true. It was in a language that doesn't exist anymore. I learned it when I was very young. It feels like you're talking around marbles to speak it. I mean, it does. Yeah, that's fair. Peter smiled that put Peter at ease because Peter didn't know poisonous smiles yet. And besides, Sino was a good guy, the best. I'm a baker, Peter offered. Not everyone in District 12's works in the mines. And Sino worked, stopped working and sat down across from Peter, a blazing sort of aha look in his gold-rimmed eyes. Tell me about your District 12. Tell me absolutely everything about how District 12 really is. And Sina sent Portia to find some hot chocolate and soft, slightly sour white bread to dunk. And Pita told Sina about District 12, about the division with the seam and how that accounts for Katniss and he looking so different from each other when most of the other poorer districts are all similar in color and stature and size. About the hop and how everyone is a, bar a barterer in District 12, but it still isn't enough that there's a single family without tesserae and how Katniss gives the family with young, hungry children meat free of charge. He told Sina about Greasy Say and how she's older than dirt and how her simple daughter smiled when his father sneaks her butter cookies when Peta's mother wasn't looking. He told about the first day of school and how Katniss sang a song and how that had been what happened in the last generation, too. Things in District 12 didn't change easily. He told Sina how Katniss is so fierce with her bow and arrow and her traps, and she's just... She's deadly to the bone, and Pita thought that Katniss could win if the sponsors gave her a chance. And Sina sat quietly, listening, eating bread and chocolate. And when Pita finished, Sina knew one thing for certain about Pita Malark. He was on fire for Katniss Everdeen. And, how, and from how the boy told it, she blazed brighter than anyone else in Pan Am ever could. And Sina, the designer with the most piteous district, knew one thing about District 12. Its blazing bright girl was who all of Pan Am had been waiting for. 
I like this because, like, canonically, I don't get Peta and Katniss, mm-hmm. especially from, like, Katniss's mentality because she's, mm-hmm. like, got some stuff. But this is weaving some strands together that I did not initially right. strand together for myself. Recipe <laughs> three. Red berry crumble. Are those poisonous? Yes. All right. I mean, they are the ones in <laughs> the, the Hunger Games. Only ones in the games, yes. not, like, in the world. Yeah. Okay. Ingredients. Two cups mixed red berries. Three plums. One teaspoon cornstarch. One tablespoon strawberry jam. Half a teaspoon cinnamon powder. Half a cup all-purpose flour. Half a cup cups. Half a cup oats. Half a cup cup oats. <laughs> Man. You got there. You learn how you your language just your brain connects things and you're like, Am I reading? I'm not. <laughs> Stephen Wentz. What's that quote from What's His Face from uh New Girl where he's just like, I don't think I can I'm read. I, I think, think I, I just memorized, memorized a lot of words. words. Yeah. The, I am Nick in this situation <laughs> where I'm like, ooh, maybe uh, education failed me. Maybe I've just been bluffing for all of my life. <laughs> really, really good bluffing. Half a cup brown <sighs> sugar. <laughs> Half a teaspoon cinnamon powder, one fourth cup slivered almonds, three to six tablespoons butter. She was Peta's only kill in the Hunger Games. She was Peta's only kill, and it was an accident, and no one blames him. Anyone too young to have seen the games, and that's most people now. People in the Cola State are still too poor to live long, but it's better, always better every year. Was shocked when they studied the rebellion in school and found out that Peta Malark had ever killed anyone at all. Sometimes they would go straight to the bakery after that day in little shy groups of three or four and ask him, but how did you feel when she died? And Peta, the baker, with his white hair and pink smooth apple cheeks, would take another rack of redberry crumble out of the oven, bubbling sweet, almost fuchsia, and brown sugar crust, and a shy little group of six or eight eyes would covetously look to it as it settled on the shining wire rack. It makes me feel better every day that you children have to ask, because you will never have to know. And that is when I started crying in my house. <laughs> I don't rec- I don't recommend reading Hunger Games in this the year 2020 because it's a little rough. It's you're just like oh. you're like my babies are going to be in the Hunger Games. <laughs> so that was the motion. <laughs> so we can uh, move on now. All right. We're, we got past the halfway point. <sighs> Recipe four. Wedding cake. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> don't. Don't lean in. Oh, no. I saw the names. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> I said, don't. <laughs> you can't feel those feelings. Stop it. Hold them in instead. Stop having feelings. Okay. Continue. Ingredients. Right? <laughs> Clench. Ingredients. Two and three-fourths cup sifted cake flour. Four teaspoons baking powder. Three-fourths teaspoon salt. Four egg whites. One and one-half cup white sugar. Three-fourths cup butter. One cup milk. One teaspoon vanilla extract. One teaspoon almond extract. Frosting, the final refuge of the dying. It was ten years before Peta could attempt a cake after Finnick. Well... After Finnick. That says it all, really. It was ten years that there was a world after Finnick before Peta could frost another cake. He started small, about three years after the rebellion, when he realized that primrose dots couldn't be the only sweetness in the new coal estate, then still the remnants of District 12, forever. He made sugar cookies and glazed them with simple chocolate icing on one side, half-dipped, 
little black and white moons. <gasps> Moon cookies. Right? He shakily piped cockeyed sunflowers and chewy cookies made with sweet, sticky date, dried dates and pecans. Those had been Hamish's favorite in his last years before he died. He made red frosted cherry chocolate bars for Finnick's son and green iced almond cookies for Anne. I know. <laughs> Just don't feel it. <laughs> Avert your eyes and ears from where we're gonna go. Peta sculpted white tree lilies out of rough almond meal sugar to hold a shape like they were raising their heads towards the sun. He spends hours perfecting the purples of magnolia and gemweed. The top tier was a simple spray of yellow light, lanatan bloom, and varicum and buttercups. The inside of the cake was white and airy and decadent in its simplicity, filled with custard cream and stewed cinnamon spice peach the fruits of the trees in the orchard estate, which had been District 11 until the year before. After that, Peter Malark of the Malark Bakery in the Coal Estate had something of a second, or maybe continued, bout of celebrity. Every bride, groom, or spoiled child in Pan Am seemed to want a Malark cake, crafted so well it looked alive. He wouldn't make a cake covered entirely in white, violet, and yellow flowers again, not for any amount of money, nor any other colors of flowers, and for the right price you had yourself a deal. But to cover anything white and violet and yellow flowers meant something real to Peter Malark, and he valued what was real. You're real! Oh. <laughs> Recipe <Aggressive>. five. <laughs> Simple bread. <laughs> Ingredients. One-eighth teaspoon active dry yeast. Two tablespoons warm water at 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, One-third cup warm water. One cup bread flour. One-half teaspoon active dry yeast. Two tablespoons warm milk at the same temperature, two thirds cup warm water, one tablespoon olive oil, two cup bread flour, one and one half teaspoon salt. It was Katniss's favorite. Of course it is. She's it, such a simple girl. Right? She likes simple bread. She doesn't need for anything. <laughs> right? It was Katniss's favorite. Even <laughs> though the new capital still still pays a more than generous weekly stipend to the living victors of the Hunger Games. And Peta and Katniss are the last two, <gasps> and the right, and the children of the victors getting long in years themselves. Katniss Malark prefers simple living. She hunts. She sells meat in a sar in a small arbiter the proper distance from the Malark bakery, so as not to be off-putting. She makes rounds every morning with good meat. She's ninety-six, right? Lean. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, Wait, <laughs> just out hunted. <laughs> ninety-six-year-old woman. Uh-huh. Just womp womp. Lop, like lopping around with some like chickens, on just her like back. a full deer. Who wants this? Just like a deer Who cast wants over this your chicken? shoulder. <laughs> I right? understand why that might be off putting. <laughs> I right, I get it, I get it. She makes the rounds every morning with good meat, lean and rich, to the houses that she knows cannot pay. The Malark children mostly work for their father, but two grandsons and a great granddaughter <laughs> with blonde hair and a stance like a bird work for Katniss. They don't butcher. They sell and serve and work with money. Children don't have a place around knives and cleavers and blood and the sound of tendons snapping from bones. I see the point they're making there. Right? Hunger Games? Much? And every night, Peta takes whatever meat Katniss gives him. Squirrel is a delicacy now. Right? For 30-odd years after the rebellion. It was so en vogue that the poor little fluffy things were hunted merely to distinction before anyone was able to spare the attention to the new capital to do something about it. And makes a simple hearty stew. 
and tastes like the hob and like greasy says cooking and smoky like a world that fell apart at their fingertips it tastes like the home they built together when everything was off the map katniss sops it up with a simple oil bread and pita says every night that he could make a fluffier bread that would take up much more broth and every night for almost 80 years katniss says no and for 80 odd years they woken up side by side walked two separate ways to work pita heads before dawn to the bakery to start up the ovens and Katniss shoulders a quiver of arrows and sets off silent-footed for the woods. And separately, but together, they watch the world they made with Prim and Cinna and Finnick and Foxface and Rue get better. Ow. <laughs> Do one. you hurt now? Unhurt me. Right? Just kidding. Unsubscribe from this new podcast. Right. I'm offended. Right. <laughs> you gave me feelings. And that is why I fundament. That's why I felt like I fundamentally needed to ask, hey, is it okay if is I emotionally... <laughs> Is it okay if I emotionally destroy you? Scale to one to ten, how emotional do you want to be? And you were like, I'm into it. Hit me with it. And I was like, hoo-hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. <laughs> I will. I was like, buckle Fuck up. you. And that's why I brought you a fruity little drink to just, like, take a talk. <laughs> I was thinking, like, you know, you, me, and Peta sitting out on the patio, regaling tales mm. of, like, Something happy and not the Hunger Games. Just being like, hey, make any good bread recently? I feel like in the, like, 80 years since that's happened, maybe things have been okay and you have a fun story. No? Only sad? Only sad? (laughs) Only make me cry that children will never have to know the pain of the Hunger Games? No, it sucks to just be, like, the one person in your town that has history to be, like... Oh, (laughs) God. I just, yeah. Hey, um, I, we learned about you in school today. Right? No, I was sitting. It Are you was, sad about how you had to kill that girl? How did it feel to kill someone? And you have to, like, yeah. I just can't imagine. Oh, you, pat, pat, pat. Like, if you've gotten through something traumatic like that, and, like, because ki- kids ask dumb stuff like they that. They do. They do do and that. And then you have to just be like, don't you worry, I'll pretend it don't head. Yep. And I was just, like, just me on my lunch break at, from work, <laughs> just, like, crying yep. alone on a couch, being like, in this the year 2020 where i'm just like someday assuming we all live to a ripe old age Mm -hmm. someone is gonna be like what was it like in the year 2020 and i'm gonna be like it was awful and i'll be like why don't you read about it in a book don't worry i don't want to talk about it i have trauma so no thank (laughs) you i had to seek counseling so (laughs) and i'm not going to go back there i don't have a reason to go back go away and this was written in 2011 oh wow right and so when i reached out to this author that's impressive i like one wasn't sure i was gonna get a response and then two like fair what feelings i have nine years later Mm -hmm. that just weeping alone oh that was good all right so well lucky for us we don't have any new uh prompts for each other so we can't continue to emotionally destroy each other just go on in a low yes so we are wrapping up our season for fine pairings we do have two more episodes for you though so we're going to do one episode let's say next week of your recommendations and things that you've sent us so you have a little bit more time to get those recommendations in we're not going to be able to read the entirety of your fix because a lot of them are quite long. So if you have a portion of it that you want us to read, that would be especially nice to get. Uh, but if you have the entirety, we will look at it. But no guarantees. We've gotten a couple of, of good ones already. So I definitely have um, <laughs> some things in mind to nice. read to you next week. Yeah. And for you to read to me. We're going to get to both read on the same episode. That'll be fun. It will be fun. And then after that, we have only gotten the two 
uh, fic requests from five-star reviews. So we could use a couple more of those. So if you would like to do that, you can do that on iTunes at Fine Pairings, of course, and subscribe and continue. But we're going to be using those, uh, I don't even like, I want to call them fan fictions, but I want to find a fun name that's like review fix or suggestion fix or 500 word somethings. Recommendations. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I was trying to think of something on the funny on the fly and unfortunately I did not. Just emphasis. <laughs> Fickamendations. Fickamendations. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, your five-star five fix that we're going to write. So you can uh, still get those in. We're going to read the ones that we've done as our finale finale. Yes. <laughs> but if they keep coming in, maybe we'll do a couple of fun bonus episodes of maybe really good requests that we get or really good fix that we get from your prompts. So keep an eye out for those because uh, we're not sure when we're going to be back. We will see uh, based on, like, what's going on in our lives and the world. Right. So, it's so hard to know what'll happen so in this hard to world. Know what's going on in the world. <laughs> oh, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, you can email us all of those things at fineparingspodcast at gmail.com, or we also take recommendations on our Instagram messenger, which is Fine Pairings Podcast. That's where we do our cocktail recipes, and we also post some of our fun uh, social preview videos. Those also go on our TikTok at Fine Pairings, and um, follow us and like us on iTunes. And Spotify, mostly. We're also on Stitcher, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Give us all that stuff. I'm Grace. I'm Claire. And goodbye. <laughs>